We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yo, what up, my people? It is Kevin Jones. It is the Striking Gold Podcast. Welcome to 49ers News Analysis Opinions. You're going to get it right here. Shout out if you're a new listener. Our audience grew tremendously in October. No secret why. The 49ers are 8-0. They're the only undefeated team left in the NFL right now. Uh, Shout out Kyle Shanahan. Shout out Jimmy Garoppolo and this defense. We're going to evaluate the first eight games. What went right? A few storylines that just were unexpected. We'll kind of go through some key stats right now that tell the story of why the 49ers are not only 8-0, but their point differential is plus 133. Best in the NFC by far. They will play the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night next week. Seattle 7-2, another overtime win. Their point differential is plus 18. Seattle always knows how to win ugly. So I'm not ready to do the victory lap that everyone did on Twitter last night, that the 49ers are 8-0 and undefeated. There are some really tough-ass games coming up against the Seahawks, Ravens, Packers, Saints. Um, And and I'm confident this team is going to win these football games, but the shock has worn off. The 49ers are a contender this year. They're the number number one seed in the NFC. And, you know, we're going to go over some key storylines that are happening right now as well. Jimmy Garoppolo's performance last week, Emmanuel Sanders, what he did on the football field, um, and the Quan Alexander, the loss. How do you replace him? 
Joe Staley coming back. I mean, there's a lot of news and notes going on about this team all the time, which is why Chris Biederman, Kyle Madsen, even Rob and Eric Crocker, we're all going to be doing a lot more content here over the next couple of months. So be hip to that announcement. Shout out to all the new listeners again. So yeah, I go for about half an hour typically and go quick, rapid fire. And Rob and, and Croc are going to give you sometimes 45 minutes to an hour of 49ers analysis. We like having two different podcasts in this feed if you're new. All right. I think we got to start with Quan Alexander because it's the biggest thing going on in the building right now. First of all, it just sucks to lose a key player for him. He's not going to be a part of this journey this season. He's had some serious injuries in his past. He's had, I believe his brother passed away unexpectedly before. So Quan Alexander's been through a lot the last couple of years. He was a spark plug to this defense. I tweeted last week, if the Pro Bowl was today, I would probably have him in there. The coverage skills that he gives you between the 10-yard line and the 20-yard line, the intermediate stuff on third downs... You haven't really seen a tight end go off on this defense. You haven't seen anyone, but he's kind of like the lid to the defense. He keeps the whole thing covered. And so Dre Greenlaw is a rookie out of Arkansas, late round pick. He's going to step in at this role. I actually believe he can play at a high level. I think he's more of a, a linebacker who's better against the run. So you could see some responsibility shift with Fred Warner taking on some of the bigger matchups. But... Big loss, and it, it absolutely sucks. He was worth the money. That was one I was skeptical about, that that was their first move in free agency. But they were literally like, we have to replace Reuben Foster. We counted on that guy being Ferrari Foster and the guy who revved the defense up. Quan Alexander has actually done that with fumble recoveries, deflecting passes 25 yards down the field. This is a tough loss, I but by no means do I think this is what spirals the defense out of control. You lose Nick Bosa, you got problems. You lose Richard Sherman, you got serious problems. You lose Quan Alexander, this absolutely sucks. I'm, I feel like I got kicked in the stomach when I saw it. Um, but I think life goes on. It is the NFL. It's next man up. The next man up in this situation, Dre Greenlaw, is better than the next man up in other situations. Although you're feeling better about Emmanuel Mosley, your cornerback depth looks good. So, so what does this do? Dre Greenlaw goes from the Sam linebacker and a backup. So then you've got Mark Enzacha or Aziz Al-Shair, who's actually, you know, he's been in on special teams. He can fly around a little bit too. I don't hate the depth really at all at linebacker for the 49ers. They got better there. And Zacha's made some plays before. He's not someone who like fucks up. Like you can't really tell when there's a big run that Mark it was Mark and Zacha's fault. And again, this is only base downs. The 49ers are in nickel almost, you know, what, 50, 60% of the time. So it's gonna be the two linebacker situation now. Dre Greenlaw. Fred Warner has been outstanding. We have not mentioned him enough on the podcast. So I think the defense is gonna be fine. They're good enough on the D-line that Dre Greenlaw is a little bit of a drop-off, and there's going to be a, probably a couple more plays downfield. And you may experiment with three safeties with Tart in there and Jimmy Ward. We'll see what happens. I'm not concerned about this defense. I'll tell you why. You want to know what Nick Bosa's on pace for? 14 sacks this year. Eric Armstead, 11 sacks this year. D Ford, 11 sacks. Buckner would be fourth on the team in sacks with eight. He might be the best overall player against the run and everything. <laughs> um, you know, he might miss the Pro Bowl if these guys are going to have three double-digit. And 
it's going to get tougher and the sledding's going to get a lot harder and these stats aren't probably all going to come to be the 49ers are going to lose a game or two guys <laughs> maybe i keep saying that this is their best start since 1990 let's let's get into emmanuel sanders because i think the 49ers might have lost to the cardinals if they didn't make this trade for emmanuel sanders you can talk about oh it's 53 man team the one player who made the biggest impact on offense even bigger than george kittle thursday night was emmanuel sanders i tweeted he looked like a 25 year old running after the catch this does not look like a guy who's 32 right now he's uh, energized refreshed kyle's gonna figure out how to use him jimmy g was favoring him a little i think that's okay when you look around at the lack of production from everyone else from dante pettis to marquise goodwin trent taylor hasn't been on the field at all the 49ers had to make a move here and i think they made one that's going to matter week in and week out Emmanuel Sanders had, I think, the best game from a receiver that I can remember in the Kyle era. That's been the, we're going to get to, the, you know, five reasons why the 49ers are 8-0 and the biggest disappointments. But just to tease one, re- the receiver position has been probably the biggest disappointment over the last couple seasons from Kyle. Just from wh- what he's done at other places. And so they had to go make a move and I think they made the right one. We'll see, you know, I, I can see increased screens in the play calling to Emmanuel Sanders. I can see a bunch of different things that Kyle gets creative with. Like the crossing patterns work really well with him over the middle of the field. He can also hug the sideline. There's a lot of versatility there. 49ers desperately needed. Now with Sanders and Kittle and Jimmy G playing this way, this was the first game that Jimmy G had to go out and win for the 49ers. Defense, you know, Cardinals kind of ran over this defense. If there's one thing to nitpick about him, it is the run defense. You're not going to have a lot of teams outside of Baltimore, New England. Not everyone's running the football. The Green Bay has actually been running well besides their latest loss. But, um, you know, you'd rather be good at pass defense, which the 49ers are first. So, you know, Arizona is actually not that bad. Kyler Murray is going to keep them competitive. I thought they were going to be a worse football team this year. They put up a fight. But Jimmy G responded, what do you throw, four touchdowns? The game was kind of on the line. At the end, third and nine after a dumb penalty, Garoppolo scrambles, finds the right receiver, first down, converts the chains. I think the country got to see him play at his best, but Jimmy Garoppolo has been showing that all season against the Steelers, you know, rebounding early against the Panthers, shaking off that interception, and then setting the tone right away. You know, 317 yards, four touchdowns. This guy's got a 70% completion percentage all year. He's just been making the right decisions and moving the chains. Um, And, you know, the 49ers didn't rely on their run game this time. They spread the football around more. A lot of shotgun big throws from Jimmy Garoppolo. And after watching it again, this guy's only going to get better. Not only are the 49ers not losing the game when he's in, He hasn't reached his potential yet. He's only averaging 225 yards passing per game. 49ers haven't need to lean on him. Kyle's won in the past this way, not leaning on RG3 in the past game. The 49ers, or excuse me, the Redskins dominated the run game in 2012. Kyle went 10-6 and that year, exceeded all expectations. So Kyle uses the run game. When his teams are winning, the run game's the top five. They're number two in the league right now, 171 yards and it's been everyone. Brita's had 500 yards. Tevin Coleman's had 360. 
He missed a couple games. Mostert has over 300 yards. Jeff Wilson has some touchdowns. It's an equal opportunity backfield. You know, and I, I, I hinted at it earlier. It has been very surprising. We're kind of mixing and matching all over here. What's been surprising about this season, it's been that the running backs haven't been involved in the pass game much at all. I guess because the run game's going so well that Kyle hasn't needed to manipulate it that way. But Matt Breida only has 14 catches for 100 yards. That leads all running backs on the team in, in receptions. So it's been weird. They're dominating offensively 29 points per game, third in the NFL. And really, their pass game has not been anything crazy. This is why Kyle's, you know, one of the best coaches in the league. It's 2019. This is a passing league. You, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Kyle's like, no, 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 no. You can still run in the NFL and do it correctly and coach the right way. And so, I mean, the biggest shock to me is that Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey went down and this offensive line did not lose a beat. And the way they thrashed Carolina, Carolina's leading the league in sacks, 34 sacks. Carolina is a damn good defense. What Kyle did to Ron Rivera and what he's been doing to the Rams defense and the Browns defense. Like they went up against Baker, but the Browns are, they have a good front seven. The Rams have a good front seven. Kyle's been going up and saying, yeah, we're still going to we're gonna run all over you every week. With a left tackle who's a rookie and a right tackle, I don't even still know his name. <laughs> I barely know what's going on on the offensive line. Other than that, they're absolutely crushing it. It's chaos up there, but it's like synchronized swimming. Think back to the Debo end around touchdown last week too against Carolina. Like that's To me, that's the play of the season right now. Everyone is doing their job correctly, and the other team has no, you know, the other defense is like, what, what just happened? And it's like a 30-yard play, and then it's a, you know, quick touchdown. It's been an awesome formula. Striking Gold Podcast, Kevin Jones here with you. Blue Wire is the podcast network I started. Got a couple big news bombs coming. We signed some big partnerships with, with some outlets. I guess we can make the first one official, Las Vegas Review Journal is now a part of the Blue Wire Network as we, you know, we want to help people get into podcasting. We see this ecosystem as being much bigger. We want to be like Hulu, have our own original content and help other people distribute theirs and get it to the right place. Okay, back to the second biggest surprise this season to me is that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't had one stink bomb. He hasn't had one game with four or five interceptions where the loss is completely on him. The Steelers game was crazy with all the turnovers. They really tried to lose that game. Even the Tampa game early on was week one really ugly. But Jimmy G's pretty much every week been very reliable. The offense, again, is averaging 29 points per game. So he's, he's made some timely big plays week to week. You told me right now they were 8-0. No one would ever believe it. But you told me right now they were 8-0. Jimmy G, not only did he didn't dominate, but he didn't like suck at all either. He's really been like a top 12 quarterback in every facet. Nothing really crazy. He's good in the pocket. Nothing rattles him. He always bounces back from a mistake. He doesn't make like four or five mistakes in a row. He makes one, everyone vents, and then he's like good for two quarters. So that's been a big surprise to me as well. Um, 
Yeah, just going through the 49ers season here, they're 8-0. The Packers lost to the Chargers, so they're now 7-2. The Vikings lost to the Chiefs, they're now 6-3. The Saints are going to be in the mix. The Seahawks are going to be in the mix. The NFC is just so top-heavy. We said 9-7 and seven is not going to get you into the playoffs. You're going to have to go 10-6. and six. Well, how about 14-2? and two? What does that do? So, I, you know, the goal moving forward on offense in the second half of the season, let's get these running backs more involved in the pass game. What's happened here? There's an element that Kyle's kind of ignored. He did that in 2012 as well when the Redskins were winning. Like, there was, there was no passes. Alfred Morris says that's not his strength at all, so they just didn't do it. But it seems like it's Breida's strength, Coleman's strength. I'd like to see these guys in the lineup together more. Shotgun, Coleman, and Breida in the backfield together. Mostert is really a spark plug. You want to try and get him a carry or two. He can hit a home run. Um, other than that, though, I mean, not much feedback. Kyle is in a zone right now. The last time he was in a zone like this was 2016. He pushed the Falcons all the way there. I think the 49ers can get better on offense. If they somehow do it against the Ravens defense, the Packers defense, the Saints defense, I'm going to be very surprised. But if this offense goes out there and wins those games for this team, oh, yeah. You're talking Super Bowl this year. You're talking about Super Bowl contender moving forward. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get better. Um, he's going to run into a little bit of a wall is my prediction. If you go 2-2 two and two against the Packers, Saints, Ravens, and Seahawks, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You're going to get some tough games. They almost need some teaching tape. They need some stuff to go wrong now so that they're alerted in December and January for, before someone exposes them in the playoffs. I mean, you never want to lose a game, but I'm just talking here. I don't know. Do the 49ers want to be 12-0? and 0? Of course they do, but there is like a mounting pressure too. Like, I'm okay going 15-1. and 1. I'm okay going 14-2 and 2 if that means there's been some really good things that happened in the building, those coaching moments during losses, the humbling of certain players when they make mistakes. You, you got to be honest here. Football is, it's all about analytics. There's a lot more human stuff here and 53 people in a building and momentum effects. And anyone who's been around business and companies know this. If, you're, if you've only been a sports writer or someone who's not like been involved with a huge project and a lot of people, then you don't understand that certain things aren't analytics. I'm not getting on a soapbox here, but I, what I'm saying is I'm okay with this team losing some games. As long as they still have the first round by, as long as they still have home field advantage, if they go 14-2, and two, I'm okay with it. I don't like the pressure of 16-0. For this team, for the first ever time, that for most, everyone on the team is going to be their first Super Bowl win ever. Who has Super Bowl experience? Richard Sherman. I'm sure I'm missing a few people. Not Weston Richburg. There's not a lot of veterans on this team. So <laughs> I know it's crazy to say, don't you want to go 16-0? Be remembered in history. Be one of the all-time teams. I want to win the Super Bowl. I really do. And whatever it takes to do that. All right, we haven't talked about the defense at all. Let's, let's hear from Untuck It and Manscaped. Two really good new deals. And then we'll look at what the defense has done so far and maybe what they're going to do in the second half. Striking gold. Coming right back. All right, guys, the holidays are here. You know what that means. Gifts. Whether it's your dad, your brother-in-law, you have a guy in your life that you need to get something for. And so Blue Wire this year, we're getting Untuck It shirts for our friends and family. 
untucked shirts are stylish. They fit just right. They fall at the right length. There's no matter his size. So it looks casual and sharp. Untuckit.com, promo code blue. That's 20% off. Untuckit.com, promo code blue, 20% off. You're going to want these shirts because there's 50 different combinations. And if you're wearing this ugly XL shirt that just doesn't fit right, you know who notices that? Girls. You know who notices that? Your bosses. People who are going to promote you. You want to be looking nice and tight. It's 2019. People don't tuck in their shirts all the time. So get in untuck it. Don't have this thing that looks like a dress on you from their competitors. Untuckit.com. Promo code blue. 20% off at checkout. Support for Blue Wire this week comes from Manscaped, the number one men's below-the-belt grooming product. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer because of, you know, problems that happened in the past when you're, you know, cleaning up your chest hair, you go a little south. Now you've got a lawnmower 2.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be skin-safe technology not going to nick, not going to snag your nuts. Hey, they wrote the script, not me. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. This is a soft little blade. It has, you know what, in mind. 20% off free shipping. Promo code BLUEWIRE. Manscaped.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. And you'll get 20% off. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. All right, guys, welcome back. Striking Gold Podcast, Move Studios. We're now at 500 startups. If it sounds a little different, that's why. I thought we'd dive in further on the San Francisco 49ers defense. This pod, we've been reviewing kind of what's happened so far this season. I think one major, major surprising storyline is Eric Armstead. I was firmly on the fence that, what are they doing? Spending $9 million, bringing this guy back. You already know what he is. They stood by Eric Armstead. They thought by sliding Nick Bosa in here, this was going to be um, a place where Eric Armstead can now thrive. He's on pace, as we said, for 11 sacks this season. I think his sacks and plays have been timely plays. They've been third downs. They've been drive killers. He's really made a big impact. He can rush on the inside. Again, his contract is going to be a storyline coming up this offseason, he's on a one-year deal now. You know, I'm I'm expecting three years, 30 million. I don't know about the guaranteed number, but you have some good years left of Eric Armstead. That was to me the the surprising storyline. Something I didn't expect was for him to be a superstar. There's still a long ways to go with Akilah Weatherspoon. I think a storyline in the second half is if he struggles, will they flip Emmanuel Mosley back in there at second corner? Not sure if Witherspoon's coming back for Seattle or not. I think it's about the time frame where he's going to begin practicing and he could be questionable. I'd much rather have him full strength than have him gimpy at all. He's played tremendously. I mean, the, the whole thing with the secondary is how much of it is it them and how much of it is the pass rush. And Nick Bosa, I don't think we've had a rookie make an impact like this I'm trying to even remember J.J. Watt's rookie year. Like, it really feels as if one player has made so much of a difference. 
And like I've said, with D Ford, if it was just him here, there's no way the 49ers secondary looked this good. I want to give credit to Richard Sherman and Mosley and Witherspoon's improved and Jimmy Ward's playing pretty damn well and Tart has stayed healthy. You have to give the secondary credit because they're number one in the effing league. They're going out and doing it. They're, they've shut people down. Robert Sala has mixed up coverages a lot better this season. Um, but to me, Nick Bosa is the most valuable player on this football team, obviously on defense. He's able to push left tackles into the ground. He's, he really has a clear path to the quarterback more often than not. He wins one-on-one. I don't know how many percentage of his snaps. PFF has numbers like that. His, his pass rushing productivity is one of the best in the entire league. To me, picture the 49ers, their entire franchise, like, like a highway. And sometimes it needs an overpass to get to the next level. Nick Bosa is a structural support beam for this highway. Is like carrying the 49ers highway to a different level. Um, you know, we've really, like, how much more can you say about this guy? We we're really worried about whether or not this guy is going to stay healthy or not. Early in the season, he's falling down all the time. He missed I would say he got hurt. No, he missed week one, so the Bengals game was his first game. He's immediately made an impact on a level of Khalil Mack, Julius Peppers, his brother, Joey Bosa. Is he already better than him? We won't go that far, but you talk about any season for Jimmy G to tear his knee. 2018 was the right season to do it. The 49ers jumped everyone in line. They got Nick Bosa. Did you see why I was freaking out last season? Why I wanted the 49ers to lose games? Why I was saying, oh my God, if you're cheering the Seahawks win, how bad is this? Like, this team would look completely different without Nick Bosa. You can say Josh Allen's doing the same things with Jack Jacksonville. I was a big Josh Allen fan too. But um, looks like Nick Bosa is going to be the structural support beam on defense for the next 10 to 15 seasons. You know, barring any injury, barring anything crazy, None of the MAGA stuff has been an issue in the Bay Area. He's kept quiet. He's really bought, brought this kind of not only on the field lightning rod, but like in the locker room lightning rod, talking shit to Baker Mayfield, slipping and sliding in D.C., almost scoring a touchdown against the Panthers. He's, I don't want to say Richard Sherman on the D-line, but he's got a completely different personality, but... You need these personalities, as John Lynch knows, with the Warren Saps, with the Rondé Barbers of the world, those Tampa Bay defenses. They had these cocky guys in the locker room, and Nick Bosa plays this way. He acts this way. Now the team is feeding off the energy. It's an actual thing that's happening. So, yeah, defensively, you've absolutely got to love what they're doing. They're third in the league in sacks with 30. They're third in the league in third down stops, 28% of the time it's really the overall unit and so does Robert Sala stay I think that's the key question for the offseason is he going to interview for some head coaching spots yes I'm not sure he's quite ready to be a head coach in the NFL he probably will disagree he's been around a long time I think the 49ers obviously should give him a pay raise to keep Robert Sala around to keep the continuity I also think Chris Kusarik or someone on the staff could probably step in and there not be a huge drop-off. Like, I don't think this is a Vic Fangio thing where this is, like, so scheme brilliant. I think it's mostly talent-based what's happening. But Robert Sala has pulled the right levers. He is 
got the right energy in the meeting rooms. He's building the relationships with the team. He's a damn good coach. I've mentioned it before on Twitter. Kyle deserves a lot of praise for keeping Robert Sala. I had a hot, you know, I had an episode last year. It was called Robert Sala squarely on the hot seat. So I would say moving forward for this defense, how do they defend the run? You're going to have Lamar Jackson coming up. Russell Wilson's always a little bit of a danger in, in Seattle. Can run the football. It's not been world-changing for them this year as in years past. But even Green Bay is having success running the football. New Orleans, th- there's going to be some different types of teams that come in here that I think are going to tailor their game plan to try and take Nick Bosa away, take away the strength of the secondary, and run on the 49ers. Carolina did it a little bit with Christian McCaffrey. The Cardinals had some success for it. So I think if you're looking for this defense in the second half, where are they going to improve? Where are they going to see some challenges from some of the opponents coming up? Um, they're they're going to run against them. I don't have every bit of film analyzed right now, but it looks like, you know, similar to Kyle Shanahan, some misdirection has been working against the 49ers defense. It's, it looks like it's easier to work from the inside out, try and find a hole in the middle, and then get to the outside of the defense the way things are aligned right now from Robert Sala. So there's some things that they've put on tape, and I know the defense kind of was like bummed in the locker room last time. They allowed 25 points. It's unlike them. So I'm, you know, if you if you could split with New Orleans and Baltimore, you're happy with that. You can split with Seattle and Green Bay. You're probably happy with that. Again, like, who's to say the 49ers can't go 14 and 2, 13 and 3? But, you know, things are going to get tougher. November is going to be a more challenging month. You'll still have the Cardinals at home for, for kind of an easier game. You'll have the Falcons, Rams later in the year who, you know, might be gunning for something, might not be. So what's crazy is one of the wild card spots is going to Seattle or San Francisco. The other one is probably going to Green Bay or Minnesota. And there's still the whole season left. But as the pendulum turns, um, looking at the landscape of the NFC, 49ers desperately want the home field advantage and at the very least a first round bye, which is why the game against Seattle on Monday night next week is going to be paramount to what happens later in the season. I think the 49ers could be fine as a wild card if they're going to Philadelphia, Dallas somehow wins that division or, you know, playing Seattle in the first round is going to be very hard. Playing Green Bay in the first round is going to be very hard. I don't think Seattle's going to go 13-3, and three, but their ske- their schedule down the, the road is a little more favorable. They've already played Baltimore. They've already played New Orleans. So we shall see. I think the 49ers are obviously going to be in a fine position either way. A lot better than 8-8, eight eight, which is what I predicted. I had 9-7, and seven, and before the season, I was like, ah, I don't think playoffs is possible. This team has shut everyone up. They are the surprise team this year. It's been the Kansas City Chiefs in the past who sprung out of nowhere and made this crazy run to the AFC Championship with Pat Mahomes. Kyle, like we said, has done this before in 2016. He's made a run. It was different circumstances with Matt Ryan. He wasn't the head coach. But there are teams who make the Super Bowl who were not expected to at the beginning of the season. This is totally in the cards, as I've been saying. Defensively, this is why the football team is where it's at. With If you take away Bosa, you take away Richard Sherman, 
Quan Alexander is going to be a tough loss. I think they'll be okay. You know, th this defense isn't the same without a couple different pieces. So they've got to stay healthy to the finish line. As long as they have Bosa and Richard Sherman, I think they have enough depth everywhere to still be a very good defensive unit. Striking Gold Podcast. Shout out Rob Lauder, Eric Crocker. Shout out to the studio I'm in, 500 Startups. Yeah, I mean, recapping the pod. Quan Alexander, I think everything is going to be okay at linebacker. You hate to lose his energy. You want him to be on the field. Luckily, a torn pack is not like a knee. I don't think it's going to linger into next year. It sucks. You, you want him to be a, a part of everything. Um, Jimmy G and Emmanuel Sanders, can this chemistry continue? Can they continue to do 100 yards and a touchdown every week? Is he going to run after the catch like this all the time? I think the chemistry is going to get better here. I think Kyle is going to be able to learn what routes are working with Emmanuel Sanders and what are not. And I would be kind of surprised if he's not making a big impact every single week. The receiver position has been the most disappointing on the team. D-line's been the most exciting, but I'll say offensive line has been the second best position on the team in terms of what they've dealt with from an injury standpoint and what they're producing. 171 yards on the ground every week, second in the NFL behind Baltimore. I think the 49ers O-line has been the unsung heroes as to why they're 8-0. Yes, Jimmy G's faced some pressure in his face, but you're talking about Lakin Tomlinson, Mike Person, two guys no one really wanted that the 49ers got for cheap, two tackles who have never played before in the NFL, and then Weston Richburg, your one high-priced guy. This is an unsung unit really helping this football team. So praise be to the O-line. The D-line's going to get all the headlines. Um, the secondary's kind of reaped some rewards here, but you know, shout out John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, their strategy of not going after an Earl Thomas, not listening to the detractors like myself. Their plan has worked. I mean, come on, even John and Kyle, there's no way they thought they'd be this good. No one expects to be 8-0 at this point in the season. The bye week was early, but you know, the good news about this week, it was a mini bye week. I'm sure some of the players got out of town. Kyle probably gave everyone Friday to Monday off at the minimum. They're probably back in the building tomorrow. And they've got six days to prepare for Seattle. What are they going to give the Seahawks? We're going to have to do some type of extended preview, whether that's Thursday or Friday. We're going to be back on talking about the biggest game at Levi Stadium in four or five years. Monday night, again, all the attention going to be on the 49ers. They played under the spotlight the last several weeks. Hasn't been a problem at all. They've risen to the occasion. I would be pumped if I was a fan of this football team. And, of course, I root for wins here. I don't want to talk about losses, but you know, I grew up a Redskins fan. They're, they're stuck in hell. The 49ers have flipped their momentum in a matter of a season. Absolutely incredible. They're, they're going nowhere. We're going to continue this podcast for the next five to ten years. <laughs> Share with your friends. Shout out to the new listeners who discovered us, Striking Gold. I'm Kevin Jones. I host one of the podcasts in this feed. I founded Blue Wire. We have more content like this. Search Blue Wire in Spotify, Apple, and you'll see some other unique content with really good content creators across Twitter, Snapchat, other journalists. Brand new expansion team. We're having success. Year one, have some cool partnerships that we're going to be announcing on Twitter this week. Look for that. All right, this is Striking Gold. I'm happy with our analysis today. 49ers didn't play, but 
you know, some good things happen for them this weekend. And then the Seattle game, honestly, if they lose and they're 8-1, don't freak out either. But this is a this is a freaking huge game. Untuckit.com. Promo code BLUE, 20% off a nice button-down shirt. Take advantage of it. Manscaped.com. Those are our guys. Make sure if you're going to be trimming, you're trimming with Manscaped. All right. This is KJ. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.